The Golden Homers are brought to you by Generations Barbershop, a Notre Dame-themed barbershop that has been keeping Irish fans looking good since 1930. Brent and Gill are located on Lincoln Way East in Mishawaka, Indiana. Open 8 to 5 and by appointment, call or text Brent at 574-250-0622. That's 574-250-0622. Low snap, picked it up, takes an end zone shot, and fighting. McKinley goes up and gets it, and it is a touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Homers Podcast with your hosts, Mason Plummer and Nathan Erbach. All right, welcome back. Welcome in to another edition of the Golden Homers podcast. I'm here with my co-host, as always, uh, Mason Plummer. Uh, Mason, dude, we're it's crazy, man. We are already on episode 10 um, of this podcast, uh, going strong, obviously. Things going really well. Um, obviously, post-Notre post, uh, Dame UNC, another you know, entertaining, thrilling victory. Um, uh, the It's almost like a flip of scripts, um, I think, what's going on right now. The defense is sort of... Uh, you know, stumbling sort of found their legs. Um, 44-34 victory um, under the lights again in South Bend uh, against uh, North Carolina. Um, what, what were some of your thoughts on the game? Well, Nathan, um, as you know, but as everybody else doesn't know, I had to go to a Halloween party. So I <laughs> same, caught same. the first quarter and had to go begrudgingly. I wasn't happy about it. Uh, I was getting updates on my phone. And it just it seemed to happen every time where it'd be like, you know, that awkward, like two seconds between songs that are playing or whatever. And I would let out like a like a big old like, damn it. Or like, you know, <laughs> like let's go or something like that, because I would hear the done like on my phone. And right. Given there was like ninety five combined points scored in the game, there was a lot of those. So the people that I didn't know there thought I was a freak. And the people that do know me were potentially more perturbed because the way I was, but uh, Notre Dame does this to us, and uh, it's not healthy. But a dub's a dub. I'm I'm a little confused why a South Bend boy is going to a Halloween party when there's a home game in South Bend. You think that I was most down, people you know would, would be around that area? I was down at Ball State with the guys that I went to school with, and they're still all seniors because I, I graduated in three years, so I really should still be in school. So can't miss hollow weekend at the old at the old stomping grounds back in college so um i got to do what the old lady wants to do too so uh it's a a give and take i got to see a little bit of the game they would have been way worse if we lost but got it figured out fair enough fair enough well i think i have some bragging rights on you right now because uh my bold prediction from last week hit oh Um, i know as soon as i got that notification i was like he's gonna let me hear it (laughs) and uh i believe yours did not uh it did uh, what was it? Michael Mayer with two touchdowns, which ironically, I think I predicted right before. The- yeah. So yeah. We both missed on that one. Um, and it seemed like a good one at the time, obviously Kevin Austin being shadowed by um, Tony Grimes uh, the entire game, or at least that was supposed to be sort of the, the script. I don't know if he actually was um, same as you. I actually had a Halloween party that I went to and being in Vegas with the game starting at four 30, I was, of the game 
Um, I left around the fourth quarter and kind of watched it on my phone the rest of the way. And then I rewatched the game, or at least I rewatched the parts that I didn't get to really uh, see um, this morning. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously the, the bold prediction was the DJ Brown interception, a big part in the game. I mean, the, the best part about that prediction was the fact that about, I think when it came, um, you know, Notre Dame had just scored, I believe, off of the Kyron Williams 91 yard incredible touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to probably talk about here. But uh, the uh, I think the interception came the player two right after that and, and, and set up Notre Dame potentially to go up by, you know, like what was it, like 15 to 17 points or whatever it was. Um, yeah, put and- the game away. Yeah, and unfortunately, they were only able to get a field goal out of it. But, uh, you know, that's near, neither here or there because the offense was able to put up huge points uh, this week and, and get, get what was it, 44 on the board. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think North Carolina was probably the best offense that Notre Dame's going to see all year. Um, arguments could be made for possibly Virginia um, and, and USC, of course, when Jake when Drake London was healthy. So, um yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think overall it was a pretty good win for Notre Dame. Yeah, I was impressed. I did get to rewatch it. I think I've watched it twice now. So it was it was good. I liked what I saw. The defense was a little bit shaky. I would have liked to see better tackling, but I think that, that happens sometimes. I don't think it's as huge of a deal as some people are making it out to be. It was good to see the offense hit into the 40s. And when you look at the amount, the possessions that just didn't end up in points or the possessions where it ended up in a field goal, Notre Dame easily could have scored 60. And that's that's a lot of points in college football. So it was an impressive showing from the offense. They're finding something. The defense needs to get it figured out. I do trust Marcus Freeman, and I'm not super worried about Navy. They're kind of down, although they are a little bit scary in that, that triple option. But I'm confident he's figured it out, and it's a, it's a veteran front line for the most part as far as the defensive line and a good group of linebackers that have seen it before so moving forward it should be fine uh, giving up 34 to an offense like UNC is is kind of a given uh, Sam Howells he's very good and so is Josh Downs so you you can't really take both of those guys away they're both going to be playing on Sundays here soon so it, it's disappointing to give up 34 always but Overall, good showing. Um, it would have been cool if Notre Dame would have hit a 50-burger or something like that, but it happens. We move on. Dub's a dub. And, and one thing I want to point out you know, about this game specifically, you know, obviously Notre Dame was playing without their best defender in Kyle Hamilton, um, and I, I don't think that that can be understated. Um, and then last year when, when Notre Dame played North Carolina, and, you know, obviously North Carolina – you know, had two of their best wide receivers also go, you know, to the to the NFL um, along with their two um, best uh, running backs and Javante Williams and Michael Carter, who are having successful rookie seasons in the NFL as well. So they lost a lot. So no excuses there from that standpoint, you know, but Notre Dame's going from last year having someone like Kyle Hamilton on the field, albeit getting um, ejected from that game in the second half. But then you also had Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, who was the best linebacker in the country. And this year they're missing three linebackers that were originally supposed to be in the two deep on their depth chart. And, you know, I, I, I've kind of made, I threw out a tweet. I think it was right after the game or, or, or close to when the game was ending that, 
I think people expect a little bit too much out of the Notre Dame linebacker core right now with J.D. Bertrand playing out of position. He's probably more of a Mike linebacker playing Will linebacker. You have Drew White, who I think is a really good college player overall, but he's also playing hurt right now and maybe not the most athletic guy um, for, for Marcus Freeman's scheme. You know, Bo Bowers kind of the same way in that regard. Um, they, they all obviously all play with, with a lot of tenacity. Um, and then, and then I think Jack Kaiser overall is probably not a Rover. He, he's probably playing out of position as well. And I think maybe as his career moves forward, he's going to be more of a will or, or a Mike as well. So I, I guess what I'm really getting at is, is that I don't really know what people were expecting to see out of the Notre Dame defense, um, especially because this has sort of been trending this way. Uh, with with the injuries and the linebackers having to play essentially 100% of the snaps, uh, maybe moving, you know, get Prince Colley on the field a little bit, um, maybe a few other guys that have some athleticism as well that are younger, um, you know, and then obviously hopefully Kyle Hamilton's able to come back um, at some point this season, hopefully starting against Virginia, and and the defense will will be better for it, but. The, the people, and, I, and you mentioned it, you're not ready to call for Freeman's head, but I think the people calling for Freeman's head are, are a little bit out. I don't know. just It's a little bit too much for me. No, it is too much. And these kind of things happen against a good offense. And a lot of times offensive success is dedicated to the quarterback or it's because of the quarterback. And Sam Howell was a guy that was potential front runner for, for the Heisman. And that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, change anything just because the team isn't having a great season he's still a great quarterback and he might not be getting the Heisman plaudits anymore but that's no discredit to him he doesn't really have the pieces around him anymore and the offensive line certainly doesn't help him so Sam Howell is a good quarterback and you're going to give up points to a guy that's going to play on Sunday so it is what it is I would have liked to see a better showing as far as tackling in the open field like Sam Howell's his uh his scramble for that touchdown that was horrible uh, Cam Hart just like essentially running directly like straight at him, but then missing him somehow. I think Cam Hart has a bright future, but he his tackling needs to improve. I think that's three straight week weeks now with a whiff. And I know corners aren't their number one priority is it tackling all the time. It's you know defending the pass, but that's something that's got to improve if he wants to be and reach his ceiling that we all think you know it can be pretty high given his athleticism and the way he's still kind of learning the position. So. Um, I, I, overall, it, it was good. I'm not worried about the linebacker core at all. It, we, I'm sure we'll get into the uh, in the 2022 class, the four guys named to the Buckus watch list. I mean, Notre Dame's becoming linebacker U at this point. So just because they go through a couple injuries, no need to, to worry about the linebackers at all. It's a it's a good group coming back, and it's difficult when you're missing a lot of your depth pieces at linebacker. And you mentioned the guys that are playing out of position, like Bertrand, who's playing way too many snaps for his own good at the moment, but he's doing everything he can to – help out this Notre Dame team that needs him desperately yeah literally going from zero snaps in his career essentially to playing almost 100 percent of the snaps on a weekly basis and like you mentioned position um so I mean I think Bertrand has a, a really bright future probably as the starting Mike linebacker next year next to you know Maris Lee Leo Fow at, at uh at will um and then you probably have a mix of like Kaiser Cauley hopefully some of these younger guys playing Rover and and getting some snaps at will and Mike as well um going going to your point on Sam Howell and I actually mentioned this to a buddy who was asking me um about the game he you know just because 
you know, North Carolina now has four losses. They were, a, you know, a preseason top, you know, 10, top 15 team. Um, so there was, you know, obviously a lot of talk at the beginning of the season, but he was like, Hey, what, well, what happened there? Notre Dame was, you know, only favored by three and a half. They probably should have won by more, you know, what happened in, in that game. And I, I, I told him straight to his face. I was like, listen, I think Sam Howell, this was a statement game for him um, for the NFL. And, and I think, I'm a huge Matt Corral guy myself. I still would probably put him at QB one overall, just from a talent perspective. But if you're an NFL, you know, scout GM, whoever watching that game, I, I don't see how you could not think that Sam Howell might be the QB one and maybe the number one pick in the draft, depending on who's picking number one. Um, I thought that was a really gutsy performance by him. I think it showed a lot of his, his traits. And I, and I, and I just think it was sometimes you just got to give props to the opposing players. Cause I think as fans and, and stuff like that, sometimes we, we focus too much on, man, what could Notre Dame have done better? Um, you know, or the team in general, what could they have done better? But sometimes, you know, you run into a really good player and Sam Howell might be the best player that Notre Dame uh, plays this year on offense. Yeah, I agree. And it, he's, he's very good at what he does. And it almost looks like he shouldn't be as fast as he is given that he's build. He's kind of a stockier guy, but once he gets out of the pocket, he's fast. He's kind of elusive and he's hard to bring down. Um, you mentioned the NFL draft. He might be the first quarterback taken. I think that's going to be interesting to look at. I was looking, it was kind of a slow day at work. So I was looking at the projected draft order and what that's going to look like. You know, the Eagles have like three top 15 picks at the moment. So it's very possible that he could be playing with Kyle Hamilton. If things shake out, I think the Eagles draft a quarterback and they need a secondary help. So that'd be something, something to look for, look out for. Oh man, that'd be a team. And even being a bears fan, as much as I hate green Bay, the one team I hate the most in the NFL is the Eagles. So if Kyle Hamilton ended up in an Eagle, I would be uh distraught. Um, well, I didn't know that. Why, why do you hate the Eagles? I, I just, uh, the fan base, uh, I have, I have a really, that, that texts me almost hourly <laughs> essentially about the Eagles and just about Philadelphia sports in general. So since I was just like, you know, maybe 10, 11 years old, I've just had this disdain for anything Philadelphia from a, from a okay. sports standpoint. And, and the Eagles are right up there uh, with, with all the other teams. So hopefully Kyle Hamilton goes to, goes to someone else. I could, I mean, I, depending on where Detroit goes, if they can, win a game that the Lions love drafting Notre Dame guys, but I don't think Hamilton's going to go one overall it seems destined for Thibodeau, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, Hamilton on the Lions would be, uh, that would be fine with me, even though I'd hate that he'd be picking off fields right and left throughout his career. Um, I wanted to play for a good franchise. I mean, he's not going to win anything there. They never do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, I want to bring up sort of your point on the linebackers. Cause I thought that was, um, I, this is something I think we both tweeted about um, earlier this week when when it came out the the with the high school Buckus Award list. Sixteen guys on the list, all four Notre Dame linebackers were on it. It's twenty five percent for for those that can't do math at home. Uh, to me, that's crazy. Twenty five percent of the, the top linebackers in the entire country, at least for this season are all going to be attending Notre Dame. And like you mentioned, anybody that has any sort of concern for the Notre Dame linebacker linebacking core moving forward, I, I think you just need to look at Leah Fowl coming back. You have the Buckus Award winner last year in the, at the high school and or in the high school ranks and Prince Colley uh, probably, you know, moving into a, a 
maybe not a starting role next year, but certainly a, a more prominent role on defense would be my guess. Um, and then, I, I, you know, as mentioned, you know, four guys coming in and, and possibly the Buckets Award winner just based on everything going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'll take Notre Dame's odds, right? You have a quarter yeah. of them. So what are the, what are the odds one of them go, goes ahead and wins it? And for my money, Jalen Sneed's the best linebacker in the country. If not, he's top two. There's a couple of guys you could argue, but um, I'd like to see him be in that race and potentially win it. And then at that point, if Sneed goes ahead and wins it, um, if you aren't familiar, Jalen Sneed is a four, I, five-star linebacker in my eyes, but so you add you have Kali, you have Usu Koromoa. These are the different levels of uh, Buckus War. But Jalen Smith and Manti Teo. I mean, Notre Dame's linebacker U has got to be. That's just that's where the guys come to play, man. You, you're getting put out into the league too. And speaking of Jalen Smith, he got released today, which is unfortunate, but uh, doesn't take away from what he did in Notre Dame. He's unbelievable. Yeah, they're at least linebacker U when it comes to like you mentioned the high school to college ranks, and then getting guys from that bucket award list into the NFL, regardless of the fact if they end up being elite players in the NFL or not. I mean, I think me and you both agree with, at least in Jalen Smith's um, case, if, if he never had the serious injury, he'd probably be a first ballot Hall of Fame type with, with how just dominant he was, freak athlete, whatever you want to say. Uh, he's a total um, freak. I really don't think he he reached even maybe 75% of his former self after that injury, um, was able to sustain it for a few years, you know, and have a few solid seasons in the NFL. But it looks like it's starting to trend down um, with his release again um, for the second time this year. I mean, I'm sure he'll get picked up um, and, and hope he does and hope he can, you know, at least maybe – figure out some sort of backup special teams role in the NFL for a few years, but um, good, good on him for, for being set for life with that big contract uh, from the uh, Dallas Cowboys originally. So I think he ended up getting like what, 35 million guaranteed. So he, he'll, he'll be fine. And, you know, at least Notre Dame fans will always be able to reminisce on how good he was, but it, it's unfortunate that no one else uh, got to see that at least at the NFL level. Right. And the new, the new blood, the uh, Buckus award winner is, been killing it for uh for the for the browns he's uh the the highest ranked rookie defensive player so potentially a defensive rookie of the year if he continues trending the way he is right now i like the odds and uh, i really like him as a player especially in that browns defense as much as i hate to say it being a steelers guy um he does a lot of great things and i get to see him play a lot so in a way it's fun to see fun to see him running around making big hits like he always does yeah yeah you know and that leads to I think I think Abusu Cormo is actually hurt right now, or at least he was. Um, I don't know if he played again this week or not, but I, if I'm not mistaken, he might have even gone on IR, which is which is unfortunate for him. But um, you know, they're they're continuing to produce guys at the NFL uh, level at linebacker, and you know, maybe one of these days they'll be considered linebacker you for sure. Um, and you know, and then that leads to another linebacker. I know we wanted to talk about today on the pod. Uh, oh yeah. Drake. Drake Bowen, who's going to be announcing his commitment uh, to either Auburn, Clemson, or Notre Dame on Wednesday. I believe that's going to be at six Eastern time um, on the uh, what was it the the CBS Sports Q or Sports Network, whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, Sports HQ, I believe. Yeah, Sports. He HQ, moved sir. up his decision in order to have his family be able to watch it. I think is super cool and it speaks his values too. He's a he's a family guy. I got to know him a little bit. When you and I were both uh, covering recruiting, you know, not really full time, but essentially it's a full time job. But got to know him pretty well. He's a family guy, so I think it's cool that he ended up moving his announcement just a bit so that he could have everybody that he he really cares about able to watch it. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think we both have our crystal ball of sorts on Notre Dame, um, you know, yeah. offered by pretty much everybody in the country, even as a junior. But, you know, in Notre Dame's backyard, he, what, he, what is he like an hour or two away from campus? Yeah, um, Maryville's very close. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure he, I mean, I think there was some talk that he grew up an Alabama fan actually, but, you know, I'm sure he has some, some affinity for Notre Dame in general growing up just from being so close. And, you know, obviously, um, like I said, I think me and you both agree he's going to end up committing to Notre Dame, uh, which would start that linebacker class for the uh, 2023 cycle, which could be really incredible on defense if it keeps training the way it is. Yeah, and he just looks like, you know, speaking of freaks, man, he – I don't know what that kind of level is. I don't know, Andrean, I don't know what their level of, like, high school football is, but he just – Compared to everybody else, and obviously he's got to be a monster to be a five-star, but, man, like, he just looks unbelievable. Offense and defense, just running over dudes, running around them, running through them. It doesn't matter. He's uh, – I'm excited. I think he's a, he's a bona fide five-star. I think sometimes you get guys early on in the cycle that – our five stars and end up dropping, but I think he's a guy that'll stick around because the things that he can do on the football diamond too in baseball are just unbelievable. So I'm curious to see how that situation unfolds. If he does come to Notre Dame, uh, how he ends up faring on the baseball diamond as well. Cause as I understand it, he'll be playing both or at least that's the plan for now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, Notre Dame has a good, has a good um, history of being able to have guys play both sports. So I'm sure that that's something that resonates well with him and his family being able to do both. Um, but like I said, I mean, Drake, Drake Bowen uh, announcing on Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. And you can watch that on what CBA CBS sports HQ, um, which I think most kids these days are, are starting to, to do that on a, on a pretty weekly basis. Um, there, there's seems to be announcements going on. So kind of cool that you guys can, that we can all watch these announcements and, and, you know, and be able to kind of dissect it and go from there. Um, moving forward, Mason, I know we we'll probably won't talk about Navy too much. Uh, I know it's kind of a down year for the midshipmen. They gave, you know, Cincinnati a scare a few weeks back, um, at least, you know, in the second half or in the first half until Cincinnati was able to pull away. Um, don't think this is going to be too hard of a hard of a game for Notre Dame. Um, but at the same time, you know, they, the way they play, um, you know, they, they play balls out on a, you know, every week, just kind of, it's in their blood where, where they're going to school, what they're going to be end up, end up doing for a living. Um, but I, I would say that Notre Dame, you know, if there's this one school that knows Navy and, and how to play them, you know, if there's a coach that knows how to, how to play Navy, it's going to be Brian Kelly. So, um, I think this bodes well uh, for Notre Dame. Um, and, and like I mentioned, I mean, Navy, I think it was, what, two and six this year. Yeah. Um, so not doing too well. They're not even having one of their one of their really great seasons in regards to uh, yardage um, and, and different things like that. But um, and, and I actually when we get to our buy or sell segment, um, I actually have three three set up for us uh, today. And one of them is going to be. Um, regarding the the Notre Dame or the um, the uh, the Navy defense and the or sorry the the Navy offense Notre Dame defense, uh, which I think will be interesting. But what are some, maybe some of your thoughts on on Navy uh, and maybe even just Notre Dame kind of moving forward for the rest of the season? Yeah, you said it. It's a down year. It's unfortunate. I kind of like when Navy's good. Uh, it makes for a scary game, but I respect the program a lot. Uh, it's the same as every year when you're talking about Navy, really. It's you got to make the most of the of your possessions on offense. And 
you can't let them get an early lead because they'll just take, you know, a 20 play nine minute drive and just suck the life out of the game. And that's what they want to do because they know that they can't recruit the talent that they need in order to have some sort of high powered offense. So they run this kind of gimmicky triple option offense, which works for them on most years, but you said it, you know, Brian Kelly has been at Notre Dame for a dozen years now. He's seen it 10 or 11 times. So he's, he's prepared for it. Uh, Marcus Freeman, not so sure if he's seen it enough, but Kelly and his assistants, everybody will have them prepared for what Navy wants to do. I'm not worried about it. Drew White and the the veteran defense has seen it enough to where I'm not really worried that Navy's going to put up too many points, especially in a down year. Uh, just Notre Dame's got to make the most of, of its possessions on offense, score some points, and hopefully uh, just get them out of the way early. Uh, actually, the, this reminds me of the Navy always hold a special place in my heart. I got the first game I got to cover for Notre Dame and when I was on writing on the beat was Navy. It was that Chase Claypool game. I believe he had four touchdowns or maybe three, but just a ridiculous game from him. I got to interview him after, which was really cool. But yeah, just uh, put him away early and get a, get a guy like wh- whoever it is, just get some early touchdowns. And I, I don't want to give away my, uh, my uh, bold prediction yet, but it, it's a familiar one. Yeah, I was going to say, we all know what it is, so you might as well spill it. But <laughs> uh, no, I think the other thing is, too, is just come out of that game healthy. It, it seems like oh, yeah, that they, they, when they play Navy, someone gets hurt, someone gets some sort of devastating knee injury. Um, I'm actually kind of happy that Hamilton's not playing in this game because, you know, I, I would hate for him to come back and then re-injure that knee and, and be out for the season. So uh him you know him being out uh for the game is probably a good thing because i think notre dame can handle navy this year without him um but guys or the defensive lining um you know mta kurt heinish isaiah foskey we don't we don't need any knee injuries out of uh from the navy game this year yeah they like to put helmets on knees and those kind of low blocks and it's a lot, it's a lot of the running games. So it's uh it's a lot of tackling and guys can get rolled up on. You mentioned it. You see it every year and freak stuff that just happens. Uh, hopefully we avoid all that, but you say that every year and something always happens. So hopefully this year is an aberration. Something doesn't happen. Notre Dame really can't afford more injuries on the defensive side of the ball. If it really wants to be a contender and try to see its way out and maybe potentially a playoff berth. I don't know if that's what's best for the program. Uh, definitely new year six is, is in, is in question though. Yeah, no, too bad we're not doing this podcast after the uh, – I mean, we're recording here on a Tuesday before the uh, college football um, oh, that's right, that's right. announces. So when you guys are listening to this, obviously that, that will already be announced. But I'm going to go ahead and assume Notre Dame is going to be in like the <clears throat> seven to nine spot, somewhere around there, probably eight or nine. Um, you know, and even though they are kind of relatively close in regards to that, you know, eight or nine, it doesn't seem like it's too daunting uh, to move up with the one loss and with how many teams ahead of them have, you know, either zero losses or already one loss and can run the table. Um, it's going to be hard for Notre Dame to, to get in there and a lot will have to go their way. So not really expecting Notre Dame to get into the playoff, but, you know, would welcome it if it happened. Um, but as of right now, kind of preparing myself, uh, hopefully for 11 and one. I mean, I'm actually really excited for the remainder of this season. I mean, I like where the offense is trending specifically and some of these young guys like Lorenzo Styles and Logan Diggs. Uh, you know, maybe a Dion Colsey as well as the as the season goes on, uh, depending on, you know, Lindsay's health or something like that. You know, hopefully 
um, you know, those guys will be fun to watch. I mean, obviously Buckner, I didn't mention him, but he's, you know, we, we love when he gets in the game on this podcast, he's probably our favorite player <laughs> at this point, but um, so some of those guys moving forward, I mean, that's what I'm really excited about and hopefully they can finish 11 and one and at the very least get into a new year six bowl and, you know, maybe win their first new year six bowl since 19 or their, their first big bowl game since 1993. Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely things to look forward to, especially for guys like you and I that really know the roster well and want to see the young guys. I think a handful of starters, and once the backups come in, it, they, it kind of becomes a snooze fest for them. They turn it off. But if anything, I become more excited. I, I want to see Lorenzo Siles. Uh, he's going to score a touchdown this week, by the way. But um, I want to I see all the young guys that we followed through these recruiting cycles who we've seen go back and forth with Notre Dame in some cases or – have been the, the building, box, building blocks of recruiting classes and just watching them finally get their chance on the field is super cool. And hopefully that happens in a game like Navy where you should put them away early on and then get your your third and fourth string guys some an opportunity and ultimately it serves them best because they get a chance to be out on the field. It's way different being in a real college football game than it is in any other level. So it, it's important for them and an experience factor and that they aren't thrust into the game when they need to make a huge impact play, rather uh, a low pressure environment where Notre Dame's already has the game in hand. Just go out there, have some fun and get your feet wet for in college football and ultimately just serve them better that way. And I like it that way. Yeah. There's just not a lot of games on Notre Dame's schedule that afford them to do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. And I think with, um, with Lorenzo styles in general, I mean, I kind of view him as a starter at this point. Um, I know he hasn't technically started a game yet, and if Lindsey's good to go, which it looks like he is, um, you know, that probably will continue to remain a trend where Styles isn't considered the starter, but he's essentially getting starter minute. I think it's two weeks in a row where he's been either the leading receiver or very close to it now because um, he will get the yards after catch. Um maybe should have had a touchdown last week if Cone didn't miss him deep and, you know, probably should have caught that ball anyway. But, no, Styles is a really fun player to watch at this point. I want to move on, Mason, to, to buy or sell. Um, I kind of came up with a few this week. Um, I know we want to make this sort of a weekly thing for us. But my first one for you, um, and I think this goes along with maybe getting backups into the game a little bit, over under two touchdowns for Tyler Buckner. I'm going to go I'm going to go under because I don't know how many touchdowns Notre Dame scores in this game. You're only going to get maybe four or five possessions a half. So, I think that Buckner might not play as much as we want him to um in that sense. So, I think he definitely scores one. He probably runs one in or it'd be awesome if he just threw a bomb touchdown. I want to see that. But I'm going to go under. I really so, I'm going to sell it. Okay, fair enough. I really screwed this up. I probably should have said two and a half because um, I think two touchdowns would have been kind of an interesting one to to say under for. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under as well. Um, or sorry, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna say more of a push push to under if that makes sense. Because uh, okay. I think he he probably gets to two touchdowns. And like I said, if I if I put it at two and a half, I would have said under and I would have said two touchdowns. Um so I'll go with that. I'll say he runs one in and I'll say he throws one in the second half, like a deep shot to to Lindsay or or Styles or someone like that. Um just because you know Navy's defense is is susceptible for to doing that a little bit. Um or maybe a long run um out of him or something like that. But I'll say he gets um 
two touchdowns. Um, <clears throat> next I'm, one. And then, I'm just not sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, certainly. I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, you might, they might only have eight possessions this game for all we know. And um, if he's, if he's splitting the, the entirety of the game, which is still completely possible, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for eight possessions to get more than two. <clears throat> right. But uh, the n- next one is kind of a similar one. Um, Diggs, uh, Logan Diggs, over under 75 total yards. Total yards. He's proven to be able to catch the ball. I'm going to – man, 75, that's a good number. I'm going to say under just because I think this is going to be a get-right game for Chris Tyree, get his feet wet back out, back out on the field. I think Diggs is going to get some carries, especially in the second half. Um, what he does with them, I don't know. I think he could definitely break one. But I'm going to go under again. Man, I sound negative. I'm usually pretty positive on here. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with under again. So selling it. This one I'm going to go over, and it's very similar. I think a couple weeks ago we had the Kyron Williams for, like, was it over under 100 yards? And I don't don't remember if he got it or not on that one. But I said over partly because I thought that he'd break, like, a long one or something like that. And I think against Navy, Diggs – um, could maybe break like a 50, 60 yarder, which could put him over the top on 75 yards, like right off the bat almost. Um, uh, if what you say is true with, with getting the get right game for Tyree, we might not see that, uh, which is unfortunate uh, for Diggs. But uh, I, I actually think Notre Dame is going to use him sort of a, as a decoy again, or not really a decoy. I mean, he didn't really get any offensive snaps, but you know, just someone that they put back there on uh, kickoffs. Um, but I, I still think he's he's hampered a little bit. Uh, would be my guess from the turf toe. And so I, I don't think we see him um, this week. And I think it's actually one of those games where Notre Dame feels like they don't need him. So they're going to not, they're not going to rush him back from the turf toe injury. So I'll say Diggs goes over 75 total yards. And, and like I mentioned, because I said total yards, I, I think it's even um, less of a bold prediction of sorts, just because, you know, maybe he catches one for 20 or 30 or something like that um, and only gets, you know, 40 or 50 on the ground. Right, and I do, I do hope they they rest Tyree, but I am wondering if they want to get him right for the Virginia game. Um, well, we'll see. It's an interesting decision by the staff. You certainly want him healthy for one of Virginia's got to be the biggest game remaining on the schedule, and you get you're going to have to score points in that. So you want the guy that's lightning in a bottle and Tyree to be ready to go and go back to his home state of Virginia and be be ready to show out for his friends and family. So. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they end up doing. I, I'd love to, I'd love to watch Diggs. I'd love to watch Tyree. I'm hoping that we just get to see a lot of young guys show out. And I, I think we will hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and if he does, then that's great. Cause we, I think we both like watching Tyree play. So hopefully he's healthy and ready to go. Um, last one. And this one's kind of an interesting one. So this year, um, Navy is averaging 283 yards of total offense. Um, I didn't want to go over under 283, so I put it at 275. Do you think that their offense goes over under the 275 yard mark, or do you think that Notre Dame is able to? Or yeah, sorry. Do they go over under the 275 yard mark? Go ahead. Under, I'm I'm gonna sell it. Um, I don't I don't think that they're gonna be able to. I don't see them moving the ball tremendously well, especially with the, the Notre Dame, that front group of that defensive line and linebackers have seen this before. It's a veteran group. I don't think they're going to be phased by it at all. Uh, Brian Kelly knows how to prepare for this. And I, I, I think that they, they might score a garbage touchdown, but I don't think that there's going to be a lot of yards given up by any means. So I'm, I'm going to sell that under 275. 
Yeah, I'm selling it too, actually. Um, I think it's kind of a get right game by the offense or by the defense. Um, and, and I think it actually, I think as, as a pain in the ass it is to play Navy, I think this is actually the type of offense that this defense should be able to control. Um, Cause you're not really worried about the pass. Um, you know, they, they've had, they've been susceptible to dual threats like Sam Howell and, and stuff like that uh, throughout the year. Um, and the you know, Virginia tech game is, is kind of another good example of that, but Navy's not really a dual threat. I mean, they, they'll throw it every now and then, but in reality, they're just going to try to run it down your throat, whether that's with the quarterback, whether that's with the running back, the fullback, um, you know, H back, whatever it is. So I, I think it's a get right game. Cause I think guys like drew white and, Bo Bauer, Jack Kaiser, JD Bertrand, all those guys are are downhill type of players. And I think that that bodes well for, um, you know, against Navy. And I think they're all pretty gap assignment, um, you know, good, good in their gap assignments. So, um, yeah, like, like you mentioned, I think it's kind of a get right game for, for Notre Dame's defense and uh, they hold Navy to maybe even under 250 yards of total off or total offense. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I'm hoping for under under 250 total yards and under under 20 points. I think out there and does it right. And then you know if there's a late touchdown given up by some freshmen or some sophomores that haven't quite cracked the two deep yet, that's fine with me. Uh, usually that this game's kind of that way where it's 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 in control in the fourth quarter and uh, some some backups get in and Navy's going to score a late touchdown just because those guys didn't get the reps in practice and. Haven't seen the the triple option enough, which is really difficult to prepare for. So, should be fine. Uh, you ready to get into score predictions? We're going to do both predictions first. I know you're chomping at the bit for yours, like you always are. Um, you just drop it. Go ahead and drop your bold prediction, Mason. Yeah, Lorenzo Styles is scoring. All right, <laughs> I've, I've said, I think that's out of was it eight games. I think I've said it five, four times, five times. I'm just going to keep rolling with it. He's going to score. He might even score two. Um, I think he's he's due for a touchdown. Notre Dame likes what they have in him quite a bit, and they showed that they're they're looking out for the freshmen that have proved themselves to get a touchdown. I really like seeing Logan Diggs get to score a touchdown, and it was all you and I both loved yesterday. Seeing how happy Kyron Williams was for him, and uh, I'm excited to see what, how the receiver group reacts when when Lorenzo Styles breaks off an 80 yarder. So uh, that's that's my bold prediction. Not actually the 80 yarder, but he is going to get a touchdown. All right, fair enough. I mean, one of these days we're going to be right on that. Yeah, I just keep saying it. Tell him right. <laughs> right. I think I got the Logan Diggs one a week too early. Last week was my bold prediction with Logan Diggs, and I'll still count uh, it. for the U for the USC game, and then he got it uh, <laughs> against uh, UNC. Uh, ironically enough, but I think my bold prediction is an interesting one this week because you can maybe it's not bold enough. I don't know. Um, I get, you can be the judge of it, but I think that, um, Kyron Williams is going to have 200 plus yards, um, of total offense. I'm not going to say rushing only because I think Notre Dame could make this an, an ugly game for Navy early. So he might get some rest in the second half. Um, but I think he's going to be very, um, pretty much be the offense possibly in the, in the first half. I think he's going to maybe have a hundred total yards or a hundred rushing yards in the first half already. Um, or, or when the, when the first half is over and then, um, 
you know, he'll throw, I mean, obviously he's going to, he's going to catch some passes like he always does. So I'm going to go ahead and say Car Williams has uh, over 200 yards of total offense. I think you might have that in the first half based on how <laughs> I kind of think this game's going to go. That would be something. That'd be something. And maybe we're starting to talk about him as a Heisman contender if he's able to put up those type of numbers um, for a third consecutive week. Yeah, potentially. I mean, it's, it seems like it's a wide open race at the moment. People are already trying to crown the Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. Yeah, he's a, he's a good running back and had a good game against Michigan, but it's a wide open race. It looked like it was going to be Howell or, uh, or Rattler at the beginning of the year, but both of them have kind of fallen off. So, uh, yeah, we'll see who, who jumps ahead, and it's a perfect opportunity for Kyron behind an improved offensive line to you know go score three or four touchdowns, 200 yards. Yeah, I mean, if he has three or four touchdowns and 200 yards, you almost have to put him in the race because Notre Dame's going to be a top 10 team and he's going to have, you know, 15-ish touchdowns on the season. So he'll have very similar numbers to Kenneth Walker um, and then obviously have the the pass-catching ability that Walker does not have, at least at the college level, um, statistically speaking. So um, it's an interesting one. Like I said, it's not – maybe not the the most bold of predictions because the way he's been – been trending but I think it's bold specifically because I think that we could see Logan Diggs Tyree whoever um, get some action because the the game could be over relatively quickly yeah I'm certainly excited to see it excited to see the young guys hoping Colsey gets one too I just want to see one of the freshmen score a touchdown one of the freshman receivers they've both been playing well both assignment correct running their routes better I've liked what I've seen from them downfield blocking as well and uh, yeah, just hoping that they get to, they get their chance to to be in the in the end zone. I think this is their potentially their best chance, unless we see some more injuries. But um, I think Styles is definitely going to have a couple before the season's over. At this point, I'm I'm fine with giving him Lindsey's snaps. I haven't liked what I've seen from Braden Lindsey, and he can't seem to stay on the field. So just give it to the young guy. Yeah, and Colsey almost scored a touchdown last week. I don't know if you you might not have been watching at the time, um, but I think it was what was a back shoulder by Cone. Yeah that didn't connect, but if it did, then it was possibly a touchdown or very close to one. So he's definitely a guy that they'll utilize in the red zone um, moving forward, I think. And obviously next year, um, you know, specifically, I think he's going to be a, a big red zone threat for them. All right. Yeah, let's definitely. Go. And I think it's possible too. They, they want to take advantage of some lackluster corners and safeties that Navy's bound to have. So get your, get your big tall jump ball guy out there and see what happens. Throw one up to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to game predictions. Um, what do you got this week? Give me 42-17. Nothing much to it. I think Notre Dame goes out, scores some points, hits 40 for the second straight week. I think it's in hand early on. Um, and then I think it's maybe like 35-10, and then Navy manages to score a late touchdown. That doesn't make it look quite as impressive, but who cares? Fair enough. Fair enough. I am actually going with a very similar score. I have 44, 14. Um, so Notre Dame puts up the exact same amount of points that they did last week against North Carolina. Um, but without the, uh, <laughs> without the dramatics. Um, and one thing I'll say about Navy this year is that there's been a lot of games where they haven't been able to get to that 20 point mark. So I'd be pretty surprised that they got to it um, against Cincinnati. They did. Um, but you know, what was, I think week one, they only scored seven week two, they only scored three. So, you know, I, I think this is a pretty, like I said, a bounce back game for Notre Dame's defense and an opponent that I think that 
the the defense should be able to to control. I think Navy probably scores one in each half. Uh, they'll be down something like twenty eight to seven at halftime, um, and then they'll you know they'll score a late one in the fourth quarter or something like that. Yep, I see it panning out that way too. And um, I like I'd like to think you and I know what we're talking about, but man, I, I hope we're not in for a shock if if they get a turnover too early and can start controlling the ball. I mean, I don't want to talk like that, but it's, it's possible. They, they just kind of freak me out in that Notre Dame hasn't been super efficient with the ball and uh, hasn't been super efficient in the red zone as well. So make the most of your chances, score 21 in the first quarter and call it good. Yeah, no, this, this could be one of those games, which would be nice. I mean, they haven't really had one of those this year. Um, You know, obviously they ended up blowing out Wisconsin, but having one of those like 21 nothing scores to start the game would be nice. Um, and there's been a few times this year that they probably could have gotten there. And then for whatever reason, like you mentioned, fizzled out in the red zone, maybe missed a field goal after that as well. And, you know, what could end up being 10, 17, nothing turns into, you know, 17 to 10 at, for whatever reason, and or, or 10 to three or 10 to seven. And, and it just feels like Notre Dame left points on the board, but luckily enough, I think, that is starting to correct itself a little bit. I mean, obviously they did add some red zone opportunity against North Carolina that they didn't put in uh, the end zone, uh, but they obviously, like we mentioned, they were able to score 44 points. Um, and then against uh, USC, I thought the offense was, was clicking for pretty much the first time all year and, and, it, and it transitioned into to this game. So um, against a, a weaker opponent in Navy, I think that Notre Dame is going to be able to move the ball um, at will. Um, another bold prediction, I guess, of sorts is I don't think Notre Dame is going to end up punting the ball um, the entire game. I think every every series will end up either with a, a field goal attempt, a, a, you know, a, a touchdown or not converting on fourth down or something like that. So um, don't don't even know if that's that bold against Navy, to be, to be completely honest, uh, at least this kind of Navy team. Um, but that's the type of game I think the offense is going to have. Yeah, I agree. You got to be coming away with points in every just about every possession. I don't think it'll be a problem unless they make it a problem with some turnovers. But the this defense isn't going to give Notre Dame very many problems. Um, I think the the receivers especially are going to have a heyday. I think Cone's going to be able to just just put the ball up there and let them go get it. From what I've seen, I've watched a few Navy games now. I haven't been impressed with their secondary whatsoever. So. Excited for some guys to get some opportunities. Hoping Michael Mayer gets a touchdown and gets closer to that six mark and hopefully seven. Maybe he'll get a couple in this game and make our prediction from last week right. Yeah, I don't know why that six is so elusive, or that I guess seven to break it. But I, if anybody's going to do it, it's him. And this year or next, somebody's got to. It's, dude, it's crazy. If, if he never gets it, then I'm never predicting another <laughs> tight end to do it in their history. So um, that will never be a, something I predict. I've done it two years in a row. I think last year, one of my bold predictions to start the season was that Tommy Tremble was going to do it. Um, I wasn't expecting Michael Mayer to come out like he did last year and be essentially the main tight end with, with Tremble being sort of the H back and the blocking tight end and stuff like that. Um, so I was surprised last year when, when that was the case. Um, and that probably played a little bit of a role on why (laughs) Tremble didn't do it, but it's, we're, I think I'm going on probably three years. I thought probably, I think the previous year, I thought Cole Komet would, would do, would do the same and he didn't either. So um, there, there's certainly something in the water that, ben, that doesn't allow the tight ends to get more than six touchdowns. I thought for sure Komet was, I would have put anything on that. And I was very confident in mayor doing it as well. And 
it, I don't know if it's like unlucky or if Notre Dame just prefers to run the ball in the red zone. I know that uh, Kyron Williams has had his fair share of touchdowns in the last couple of weeks now that they've had more success running the ball, especially in the red zone. So that, of course, comes to the detriment of, of a guy like Michael Mayer, who's an obvious red zone target. I'm, I'm really hoping the next couple of weeks he can stack some up against some not very good teams. I think he'll, he has a chance to get a couple against Virginia who leaks touchdowns and then uh, Stanford as well. So we'll see. Uh, I, I'm hoping he does break it. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll probably be in the same boat as you. If he, if he doesn't, nobody else is ever going to at this point. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. At least I'll never predict it. Someone will eventually get there, but I'm never predicting it. <laughs> if Notre Dame stays tight, tight end you probably. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Yeah. With, with Eli Raritan and Holden Stace coming in, I think we'll be just fine. So, um, all right guys, well, kind of maybe a shorter episode this week, uh, by our standards, but, uh, obviously always great to, to get on and, and talk a little bit of, you know, just Notre Dame football. Um, like I mentioned last week, as, as the Notre Dame season starts wrapping up, we will get a little bit more into baseball, um, a little bit more into some other things. Um, don't even we we didn't even mention uh, why how our NFL teams are playing this week on Monday night, but maybe that's something we can we can uh, uh, <clears throat> review for you guys next week. Um, but again, hopefully Notre Dame gets some get some get some good news uh, on Wednesday uh, from linebacker Drake Bowen uh, out of Indiana, five star kid in the 2023 class. Um, I mentioned earlier he's down to Clemson, Auburn, and Notre Dame. Me and Mason both believe that Notre Dame is going to win that recruitment out um, with a commitment um, here on Wednesday. But uh, and then obviously um, no- Notre Dame Navy this weekend. I think it's a three thirty start time uh, Eastern, uh, so a little uh, an hour difference uh, than usual. So set your calendars correctly for that one. Three um, thirty Eastern time, twelve thirty. Um, my time. So still, still pretty early, like usual for me, but uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next week. And uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, for a Notre Dame, a Notre Dame win against Navy and, and previewing a, an interesting matchup against Virginia. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Nathan from the golden homers here to tell you about meetupvegas.com. Want to eat the same quality meats that the great chefs in Las Vegas use. I got the hookup for you. Delivered straight to your front door, meetupvegas.com offers steaks, pork chops, premium chicken breasts, prime rib, you name it. Check out meetupvegas.com and use code IRISH10 at checkout to receive $10 off your order.